What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. After Sound here, bringing you Splinterlands content every single day. We also stream right here on this channel every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday morning. So come by and say hello. All right, guys. Well, we have our most recent town hall from September 25th. And uh, I got to say, obviously, there's a lot to cover with this. Now, Obviously, the big stuff here is that there was an announcement that was dropped like, you know, a couple minutes before the town hall from Matt with major revelations about the layoffs uh, or further layoffs, as well as a restructuring of the team. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time with that, but the quick synopsis is essentially that Aggie will be moving over to the Invenium side of things and be the CEO of that. That's going to be its own separate entity, um, which will exist under the uh, you know Steam Monsters banner still. So now you have two separate corporations, Invenium and then Splinterlands. Aggie will be taking over the Invenium side as CEO. Matt will be stepping up to be CEO of the Splinterlands side. But again, this is all still under the same kind of umbrella corporation. Um, there was some uh, there were some notes from that same post about Rebellion and how it would be sold through the DAO or the DAO would own it. Essentially, the DAO would pay the team $250,000 as like an initial thing to get everything set up. And then it would be a 50-50 revenue split between the DAO and the team for every pack sold there uh, from, from there, right? So it's an interesting concept. Uh, I covered it again in a separate video, so I don't want to dive too deep into this, but obviously the town hall today, um, which happened just minutes after that was posted, went into further detail about all of this stuff. So there's no, there's unfortunately no like, uh, official summary from the team, which we can kind of reference or have like eye candy and all that, because I believe the person who was let go, uh, the, the person who used to do this was let go. Obviously there were some other folks like, oh, I'm not going to get into that, but, um, Here's my five biggest takeaways. So this is not a full summary. Uh, there's other content creators out there that'll probably do you know full summaries for this. This is just the five things that stuck out to me the most, and you know there's there's a lot to cover here. So I'm gonna try and get through it as quickly and efficiently as possible. So obviously the first thing, a little more context, a little more depth into the layoffs and restructuring that happened. First and foremost is that the business is gonna be much more financially conservative under Matt. And what I mean by that is, if you heard a lot of the rhetoric from Aggie over the past couple of months, you know, Aggie's much more of a, of a perma bull than Matt. Matt considers himself, I mean, he doesn't consider himself a bear, but just in relation to, or relative to, to Aggie, Matt is just much more conservative. He wants to run the company thinking that Bitcoin is probably going to go to zero and which is a good thing because you know at the end of the day Bitcoin goes to zero but the team is still focused on making a solid web3 and crypto nft based game then the focus will always be on that creating a solid game uh, experience as well as a solid game economy uh, so the business is going to be much more financially conservative I don't think that's actually necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I think it could be a, a good thing. I don't know what that looks like moving forward, but we will see. Now, Matt did say that he's still focused on fundraising. And when you think about the fact that last November, when they went through their last round of fundraising, they had talked, oh, sorry, not their last one round of fundraising, but their last layoffs, they talked about trying to do some fundraising for the company. That never happened, and I don't know who was in charge of it. I know Aggie was the one talking about it because he was on town halls, and people were asking, and I'm not trying to sit here and point the finger and say who did a good job, who didn't do a good job. Ultimately, we know the results. There wasn't any fin there, there wasn't any financing that was raised. So this is going to be a primary focus for Matt moving forward. And I, I don't know about primary focus, but it is going to be a major focus for Matt moving forward. And if he can secure financing, the good thing will be that 
the team can just focus on creating a solid experience with a good runway uh, and not having to worry about, you know, these short term kind of revenue generating things that we've seen the company do for the past, I don't know, 12 to 18 months. Um, so quick breakdown, looks like there's 20 full-time employees remaining and about 15 to 20 contractors for those who were kind enough to reach out to me or who are interested. Uh, I mean, I have always been a contractor. I've always been an as needed contractor, obviously after November of last year, and probably now there's going to be less and less stuff needed. I know, I know, unfortunately, a lot of the folks, uh, and people that I knew and the team that I worked with that were full-time creatives, I think has gotten gutted even further. Uh, I know a lot of the dev team has remained. But, um, you know, that's that's just the nature of this game. The team has to deliver on the experience. And uh, that's that's just where we move uh, going forward. Uh, and it sounds like the town halls will continue, although they might be monthly. And according to Matt, Aggie might still be involved uh, in, in them in, in some shape or form. So keep in mind that, you know, a Aggie and Matt are still under the same company. They'll still be working together, although their businesses will be completely separate, right? But, you know, there's still probably going to be some things that they need to do. Obviously, they'll be working with the board and all of that. And Aggie still has a ton of assets in the game. I'm sure he's still excited about what's happening in Splinterlands, uh, but his day-to-day -day will probably be much more focused on building out the GLS, GLG platform. So... That's all for layoffs and restructuring. Let's get into land, which will be our number two topic here. A couple of different things that were laid out by Matt. Uh, well, sorry, not Matt. The first one is actually from Farpetrod. It sounds like the next land build, right, or the MAV build, I should say, is going to be coming very soon, probably sometime this week. I, I don't know about you, but anybody else who watched the town hall, let me know if you think... Like from my understanding that this could be the final MAV build, meaning that once they work out some bugs and then put that build out and then work through those bugs, we could be done, right? We could be one step away from land actually being out and live, land 1.5 specifically being out and live. That's my understanding, but I just want to confirm with the, the rest of the community here that I was hearing the right thing. If that's the case, I hate to put timeframes on this, but obviously, you know, it's not going to come out tomorrow. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to come out next week if they want to have, you know, some some uh, time for maps to play with it. So this could be like a mid-October thing at the earliest, I think, on the – I did a live stream right after the town hall. I think my, my earliest date now is probably like the October 10th uh, window if they continue to do maintenance windows only on Tuesdays. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I really don't know where they're going to focus from here on in terms of like if they're still going to be doing sprints, if they'll still be doing like the agile system. But either way – for now, I'm going to assume that Tuesdays will still be the maintenance windows days, but obviously we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the other thing that's cool, and this is something that I was hoping for, but Matt somewhat confirmed it saying that once LAN 1.5 is out, they're going to continue to iterate on it and release stuff piece by piece so that it's not just this major like, all right, you got 1.5 and then we have to wait for 2.0, right? I, I don't mind there being a 1.6, 1.7, and even better, uh, not that they said this, but I like if we get a 1.5, 0.5 right and a 1.6 and 1.6.5 meaning that like just these small things entered in so that we don't have to worry too much about you know waiting such long periods for these iterations to come in that's my hope and we know that there's several things that are lined up for land 1.6 namely being uh the titles or prefix titles as well as the automated market maker amm or the lps for dec and grain um, I don't know if there's anything else that's kind of falls under the purview of 1.6. Uh, I will say that I think land surfing is probably out now, but I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that. Uh, but either way, I, my hope is that we get 
little things here and there that lead all the way to LAN 2.0. So that LAN 2.0, in a sense, isn't a thing. And what I mean by that is uh, there's not going to be some big date where LAN 2.0 is out. There's going to be dates between now and who knows how long that we get the grain LP, that we get uh, prefix titles, then maybe we get some new resources, then maybe buildings are available, right? Like all these things is like all these things just being like, you know, a couple of weeks of updates, that would be really cool. And my hope is that we can get to, uh, we, can, we can get a release schedule like that. That'll keep things exciting over the, uh, over the long run. Um, the other thing for land 2.0, Matt talked about this saying that he is working hard on it, wants the white paper out for it by sometime in October. Again, uh, that's that's the only kind of date that we have, but uh, he I think he wants he's hoping to get it out before the land 1.5 build, but there's a chance that, that it doesn't happen. He did stay he did say when asked directly that his hope is to get it out sometime in October. Uh, and then lastly, I thought this this was interesting, but in terms of like SPS utility, Matt was saying that you know just in the same way that there's SPS staking required for certain for for like the game for example in order to earn that there might be some elements added in to give SPS more utility on land, for example, where you could delegate. Well, I don't know if delegate's the right word, but I, I use it because there was a way to do it. Uh, they're planning to do it with Soul Keep, right? Where you can delegate to a certain account and then that's your delegated staked amount for Soul Keep and to earn in Soul Keep. It sounds like land may do something like that where you can apply some of your SPS or staked SPS towards, you know, XYZ. But um, again, we don't have any details. This is just something that Matt said kind of offhand. So I want to be very clear about that. Okay, number three, Soul Keep is a distraction. Now, this, these are Matt's words, right? He's saying that Soul Keep has been somewhat of a distraction for the team. And he used that word and it, uh, I'll be honest, it kind of irked me a little bit because it's like we went... For Soul Keep, we went from like soon to very soon to Afterland, and now it's a distraction. So Soul Keep is still something that they want to get out. I think Matt, it, Matt Matt wants to do it, obviously, very much in a way that makes sense with the rest of Splinterlands. We know that the, you know, the, the code for it was done by a different team. I don't know what this even looks like anymore. I don't even know what the time frame is for something like this. I will say that at the end of the day, we know that the, the next two main focuses for the team, or for, yeah, for the Splendorless team are Land 1.5 and Rebellion. So I would say that until both of those are done, I don't think we should expect anything on Soul Keep at this time. Now, if you have packs or planning on buying the Nightmare packs, keep in mind that you are still earning some SPS per. That APR is decent, but, um, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, okay, so number four. <clears throat> so this was interesting. So now the team is talking about how much like somebody asked Matt like how, like how many rebellion packs do you would you need to sell because Matt had kind of like hinted at it or, uh, and, and said like you know he's setting a relatively conservative number for the amount of packs that would need to be sold in order for rebellion to be considered like a success right and for, for that for it to fund the team appropriately and keep in mind the new model is to have rebellion or the the dow essentially pay the team 250,000 which is not much in the grand scheme of things right that's not that's i don't even know if that's like a month of expenses maybe maybe it's a month or two i, I don't know what the the run rate for the team is but 250,000 and then of course uh splitting the revenue from there and i don't know how much the packs will be he did say it would be probably similar to chaos legion which would be four bucks uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see five dollars similar to Rift Watchers or somewhere in that um, somewhere in that range. 
point being is that it sounds as though I think the game plan, and I, I, I've been saying this for a while, it sounds like the game plan is still to launch it at like 15 million packs, but then have a burn mechanism implemented from day one or a daily burn, however you want to uh, call it. And according to Matt, he's hoping that they sell two to three million of those packs. But the best part, and I've talked about this before, like Rebellion is going to be something that will hold its value well because only the amount of packs needed are going to be bought. It's not going to be, you know, we're not going to get diluted with a bunch of packs through sales and all these different things. Hopefully not, right? Obviously, that wasn't the plan when Chaos Agent first came out, but we started that burn super late. Team was hurting for revenue. So I actually think two to three million packs is is not that much in the grand scheme of things. I, I, I know, like, it doesn't seem like a lot, uh, or it might seem like a lot considering where the player base is, and I'm sure, you know, the, the news today is going to rub some people the wrong way and they might end up leaving, but... I, either way, it does seem like two to three million packs is a relatively conservative number, especially when you look at, at it, you know, throughout the entire year. Obviously, with uh, Riftwatcher packs, people aren't really purchasing that right now, but we'll, we'll see what it looks like in terms of what they can incentivize for the, the pre-sale, for example, like a Dr. Blight type of card. And he did mention that there would be a, a promo card for that. So speaking of which, we can actually jump into number five and then start to wrap this up. There will be no promo card uh, until 2024, most likely. Um, at least not a promo card in the way that uh, we've gotten Vruz or Zerial or, or um, you know, of the like. Now, Obviously, we're at the end of uh, Q3. It ends in like five days. So I was like, there's no chance it's coming out now. And then in Q4, the promo card is going to be something that is tied to the sale of Rebellion. So a la Dr. Blight. So you can, I guess you can count that as a promo card, but it's not going to be you know, sold in any specific way. Uh, I think moving forward, we'll see what they plan to do uh, from a roadmap perspective in 2024. But keep in mind that a lot of these promo cards were put out there as a way for the team to generate revenue. But they, it was just something short term, right? And the last one that they did was Zerial, which sold less than a third of the amount that were printed. So if it's not effective and it's not, you know, or if they're having trouble with having it be effective as a revenue generation and if they're not focus on short term, but in fact, are focused more so on the long term revenue generation and long term, like, you know, game economy health, we may not see uh, any more promo cards. And again, I'm not saying that as a bad thing, uh, that might end up being a good thing. But I, I would still love for the DAO to get involved with maybe like a card burning type of promo. So we could still do a ruse type of thing. But from the company doing a promo card to just sell and, and generate revenue, they may not do that anymore. And hopefully, I'll say this, right? Hopefully they don't have to. That'd be great if they don't have to. If they do it because they want to and the community wants it, that's awesome. But hopefully they don't get to a point where they put something out because they have to and then kind of force a sale for that. So that's that's the main five takeaways here. Uh, there are a couple of bonus items. If you saw my video, uh, I was a little concerned about DEC and the total supply being listed at $25 billion with circulating supply being at $4.6 billion. Now, Matt was saying that, you know, we should really ignore the $25 billion. He didn't say that the $25 billion was wrong, but just that it was misleading. I still don't know how he would have burned $21 billion, but uh, I think he's going to try and get the website uh, to just remove that so that it doesn't confuse people. So I'm going to take his word for it in the sense that, you know, if $4.6 billion is what he says it is across all chains, then, then $4.6 billion is what it is. Uh, I still... 
again, not anything against Matt. I still, I still reserve the right to like uh, think or want to see the the data separately uh, from somebody who is much more well versed with the Ethereum and BNB blockchains. But uh, at this point in time, I'm not going to think too much further about it. Uh, he, he did address it, and it is what it is. So let's see what Land and Rebellion can do in terms of bringing that down. And then finally, uh, there was a mention of like a potential change to Mav status. And this was in response to a question about people getting access to uh, you know certain things in the future. So I don't know if we'll get something like that. It's probably not even high priority. Matt was just kind of riffing off and saying that, hey, you know, uh, our, it's it's somewhat outdated. Maybe we do MAV status as something that is, you know, how, how many, if you own a certain amount of assets within the game. I don't know what that ends up looking like. But either way, that was just, just wanted to mention it here because obviously that was a hot topic when that other proposal came out. So um, that's really all I have for you guys in this video. Obviously, there was a lot to cover and it's been a bit of a stressful day, I'm sure, all around, but I would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. We can continue the conversation there. Otherwise, I'll catch you all in the next video and see you around the game. Take care.